Welcome to Reframe Your Mindset for Success. In this episode, my guest is Neil Francis. And let me tell you about Neil. Neil is the author of Changing Course, a book I've read and absolutely loved and recommend. He's also the author of The Entrepreneur's Book, Positive Thinking and Inspired Thinking. And he's currently in the process of writing creative thinking. He is currently the chairman of a digital agency, Pogo Studio, and a trustee of Chest, Heart and Stroke Scotland. Now, at the age of 41, he suffered a stroke and that led him to discover a new, meaningful and rewarding life, which led Neil to publish the four books and work with many inspiring CEOs, leaders, charity bosses and entrepreneurs. So I'm going to let Neil tell his story um, and welcome Neil to, to the episode. Welcome to Reframe Your Mindset for Success. I've got Neil Francis with me today. How are you doing, Neil? Yeah, I'm fine, Paul. We've got loads of snow up in Scotland here, so I was potentially late today because I couldn't get the car at the back of the back of uh, back of the drive. So, but we're here now, which is good. Ah, oh, brilliant! My my kids will be a little bit jealous then because we haven't had the snow. <laughs> yeah, well, there's loads here. I tell you, you've uh, come on to, to the podcast today, and that, that's brilliant. I mean, I, I read your book, Changing Course, uh, a couple of years back. And was so inspired by it. I thought it would be brilliant if you could come on and share your story and some of your thinking around mindsets. So I'm just going to say to everybody, if you haven't read Neil's book, Changing Course, he's going to tell you about a couple of his other books as well. It's Changing Course, Inspiration, Ideas and Insights. We're starting again from the CEO who became a caddy. So that is a precursor for, you, for, for leading into your story, if that's okay, Neil. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Paul. So, uh, as you can hear, I'm English, but I've lived up in Scotland now for 37 years. Uh, and I started off, I went to college and then I got sales, I got into sales and marketing. But in 1996, I wanted to set up my own business. I'm not a tech guy, by the way. I'm, my background is in marketing and sales. And I wanted to set up my own company. Uh, and in 1996, the internet was just starting in the UK. And me and a, a, a guy... Uh, who was a client actually, who had a technical background, we set up a company called Company Net. And we were one of the first kind of uh, web development companies, certainly in Scotland. And it was just perfect timing because the internet wave was coming. Uh, clients were saying, what, what is this web? Do we need a website? <laughs> and over the next 10 years, we grew the company significantly. We worked with some serious brands like Coke, Disney, BP, Scottish government, a lot of public sector, building really big, secure, what in those days were called extranets, uh, which today are probably now called portals. So we, we did all that and I loved it. We sold the company once to a client and then um, a couple of years later, I led the team that did the MBO and I thought this is going to be my life. Uh, I love it. I love the team. Uh, I'm my own boss. And the, the idea was that either we'd have it as a kind of a lifestyle sort of uh, company uh, or we'd try and sell it again. But that all changed in 2006 where I came back from Boston uh, to a Microsoft conference and uh, we went off on holiday when my kids uh, were like 12, eight and three at the time. And my wife was obviously with me. And uh, basically the second day we were there, I had a massive stroke at the age of 41. Uh, and that, <clears throat> that was caused by the DVT I'd got from flying to, uh, to America. Uh, which is a deep vein thrombosis. And unbeknown to me, this was growing in my leg. 
uh, and then a bit broke off in Aaron, and I've got a hole in my heart, which is called a PFO, about 20% of the population people have it. And that hit my brain, basically. And I was dead lucky, Paul, because physically yeah. I was okay. Yeah? Uh, yeah, I couldn't see out the eye for a bit, but cognitively I was absolutely gaga. <laughs> you know? oh, I, uh, wow. I couldn't speak, I couldn't communicate, um, and it was a real horrific time for, for, for everybody. Uh, and it kind of, it probably took about two to three years to yeah. get back to a point where I had the confidence to kind of go out and meet people and maybe try and get back into the world of work, which I didn't know what that was going to be. Because the, um, the effects of the stroke, I still have some of it. And some of the things it's like I lose words or my memory's terrible. So if I do lose some words tonight, uh, today, sorry, or I use the wrong words, like just there, uh, I'm not drunk. It's, it's just that, that this is the effect of the stroke. Yeah. Uh, so that basically happened. Uh, and what kind of changed it all? And I know we're going to talk about this today is um, uh, very fortunately, I was able to see a neuropsychologist on the NHS, certainly after the stroke. And he worked with me for about two to three years. And after about 18 months, I was in a session with him and he says, what do you want to talk about today? And it was probably about the 10th time I've talked about the same thing, which I was really missing being a chief executive of, of being my own company. And because uh, I, I liked the badge that it came with, it just, it just was great, you know. Uh, and, uh, but that, the stroke had taken that away, ripped it away completely. And I burst out crying in that session. And he, he said to me, do you know what's happening, Neil? And I says, no. He says, you're grieving. You're grieving for a part of Neil that died when you had the stroke. And over the last 18 months, I've seen you to grieve. You've got angry, you've got sad, you've, you've been anxiety, you've laughed a lot. Uh, and he says, if we continue to work, you'll get to the point of acceptance. And when he said that, I didn't walk out of the, the, the office saying, yeah, he's right. But obviously put a wee uh, seed in my head. Uh, and uh, over the next nine months, I eventually came to the point of saying, yeah, he's right. I just need to accept what's happened. And what happened then is I stopped looking backwards, regretting what had happened with the stroke. And then I started to, to look forwards. And that's really when things completely changed. Uh, and... That's when my new careers came in, the different books and where I am today. So I could tell you a wee bit more about that, if, if, if that would be useful. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I mean, that's, it's such a, I guess, you know, you're high flying, you're a CEO of your own company. And then, you know, literally, you know, it's overnight, isn't it? Your, your life's changed and how you've come through that. Yeah. You know, such, such an experience. Yeah, so after those two to three years, I thought, right, what the hell am I going to do? Because I won't be a, I won't be a chief executive again. Uh, and my wife and I watched a program about uh, the caddies at St Andrews, the golf caddies. Now, where I live, I live in a place called North Berwick, which is about twenty miles outside of Edinburgh. It's a beautiful place, and we've got one of the most famous golf courses, uh, certainly in in Scotland, if not the world. It's seventeenth now. In, in the world rankings uh, for, for golf courses. Uh, and I'm a member there. Uh, and my wife said to me, that's what you should do. You should caddy. You'll enjoy it. It'll get you out there. You'll be working with people that you used to work with. And, you know, it'll get you fit. So, again, long story, I went down to the, uh, the caddy master. He was massive supportive. And so I started caddying. And then over the next three to four years, I caddied with you know, billionaires, millionaires, venture capitalists, 
marketing directors, entrepreneurs, sports stars, um, uh, actors, um, uh, truck drivers, just from all over the world, mainly from America, actually. And yeah. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And my confidence came back. Uh, and what was amazing by the people I caddied for, probably about 80% of them found out fascinating that I used to be a chief executive and uh, I was now a caddy. And so we just had some really great rounds where they would open up about their, their backgrounds and how it would made them successful or not, or the issues they'd had. And I suddenly thought, actually, there's a book here. Uh, 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 and... I'm going to write a book about it. Uh, and at the time, I was really struggling to write, to put some sort of context of it. And I remember bursting in to tell my kids, I'm going to, I'm going to write a book. It's going to be about changing course. And the CEO became a caddy. And the kids just burst out laughing and said, Dad, Dad <laughs> you can't even read. You can't even speak properly, let alone write. And I said, you watch. I'm going to get a publishing deal. And that basically uh, over the last, over the, oh, from that was about 2011, and then, cut long story short, I worked very close with my wife who helped sh shape the book. And I got a publishing deal with Hay House back in uh, 2012. And the book that you're talking to, Paul, was, uh, was published in 2013. And it was just great. You know, I just loved it. And that led me into thinking, actually, I'm going to do more books because I really enjoy it. And I always wanted to write a book about entrepreneurship. So I wrote The Entrepreneur's Book. And it's called the crucial why questions that determine success. Uh, so it's not a how book. There's so many how books on, on how to be an entrepreneur, but this is a why book. Uh, and then uh, I then was asked by my publisher to, to help write a book for a new series of uh, concise thinking books. And so I did the positive thinking book, which takes on the world of the positive thinking just you just have to think good things and the world will give it back to you from the universe which i've never really bought into uh, so i wrote the positive thinking book and now i've done inspired thinking and creative thinking is coming out next 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 week um and so that's really basically what happened and also the, when i caddied these people really kind of they didn't know it but they really got me enthusiastic about actually okay i won't be chief executive again but i've got skills that people might be interested in and so i started to network and then over about six years i was able to get on the board of, of five kind of startup early oh, tech wow. companies so i've done that and then i um four years ago my Younger, my eldest son, Jack's finished at university and he'd seen me in the world of agencies, uh, digital agencies. And we decided that I would help him set up his own agency, Pogo Studio. And that's going really well now. Uh, yeah. So that's four years. And kind of the the, the, the icing on the cake, cake is last year I, I was uh, asked, I was interviewed and I got the role as a trustee of Chest Heart and Stroke because they wanted somebody on the board of the charity that had had one of their conditions and so that, that that's so that's really what i do so today i write books yeah i uh, i do pogo and then i do do chest heart and stroke so long story but you know you did ask <laughs> yeah oh no absolutely it's, it's it's an amazing story you know and as i say just just from reading the, you know changing course which was your first book and the way that you bring that to life you know the stories you know it's Jerry from Detroit and Kerry from San Diego and Mitch from Texas that obviously you've been a caddy for, and then you share little insights that really help you think about if you're changing course or, you know, maybe starting business, 
it's such an insightful book with so many you know brilliant lessons in and obviously you've gone on then with, with your journey to continue writing i think it's fantastic yeah well thank you paul that's just the kind of thing to say so so my my, my question would be you know on, on the basis of what you've done and where you've got yourself to what why has mindset been so important to to you obviously because you found yourself in a very difficult situation you worked with a, a neuro a neuro um psychologist psychologist yeah so, so could, could you could you give us a little bit more into your mindset and why, why mindset is so important to what you do yeah i think i think it, I, to to start with that i just need to say that you know my life is not perfect <laughs> so i do have days when i'm, I'm anxious i'm stressed yeah. You know, three years ago, I was incredibly uh, uh, in an area of about a lot of stress. So, but I just, I've found ways to manage it now. And, you know, I'm doing things now that I just love. But the, where the mindset, I, first of all, I think I've, I ha, for most of my life, I've been kind of a, an optimistic sort of guy. Uh, and, you know, my, in my world, even when I was at school, was glass was half full rather than half empty. So I think that probably helped. And I think the other thing that happened with the stroke, uh, because for, I said for about three years, my mindset was, I hate this. I wish that happened. What am I gonna do? You know, uh, cried loads, uh, had lots of fights, unfortunately, with my wife and, 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 and the kids and things, uh, because I was so frustrated. Um, oh, yeah. but, but the thing that kind of changed it was that that time with the, with, with David Gillespie, who, who was my neuropsychologist, when I started to think about acceptance. And that really changed everything over that period of about nine months, because I suddenly realized that, you know, I am my, from my mindset normally is is optimistic. I think if you run an agency, then, you know, you've got to be out there selling all the time, working with clients and you've got to have kind of a positive mindset because, you know, you've been there, Paul, you know, when you go for big pitches, you lose it, you know, you maybe get 20% of all the things that you pitch for. Uh, so if you've got kind of not a, a, a kind of what's called a growth mindset, which I'll talk to later on, uh, if you've got a fixed mindset, then you're going to be really struggle uh, in, in, in the, that sort of role. And I think, the combination of an optimistic background, uh, which led to that mindset, and also that you know, I, I you know I am an entrepreneur, and I think to be an entrepreneur helped me massively to come to terms with the stroke because I had to figure out, okay, I won't be what I used to be, but what the hell am I going to do? Uh, and then you start to open doors. You know how it works with entrepreneurship, and. Yeah. Uh, that helped massively to get this mindset now of, I mean, I genuinely do say this, uh, I speak at conferences, uh, you know, in, in the, the opening paragraph of, of positive thinking, the introduction, I basically say, you know, I said, it, if you told me 14 years ago when I was lying in the hospital, uh, in, in, in the Western hospital in Edinburgh, that uh, I would think one day that having a stroke has turned out to be one of the most positive things that's ever happened in my life. Yeah, the puncture, and for three, four years, that that wasn't the case. Yeah. But uh, from about five years ago, uh, when I decided I'm going to control my diary and tell people what I'm going to do now, 
uh, my, it's definitely true. You know, some fantastic things have come out of the stroke. You know, the fact I'm talking to you, we won't have met. The fact I wrote these books would not have happened. Uh, working with my son wouldn't have happened. Uh, and then, you know, being on the charity. And there's been loads of other things as well. So yes, I wish that happened, uh, but it has. And there's been some really good things that come out of it. And just one thing I would say, just on that, um, if somebody's listening to this, um, who, who, who's had a, a serious health scare, maybe like a stroke, I do understand that for some people that, that would not, not kind of assaulted them, uh, but if you're having a really difficult time, you probably might find that quite difficult, what I'm saying. So I understand if you're in the space that I used to be after the stroke, what I'm saying, it might be quite alien to you, but hopefully, you'll get to the point, uh, whatever it is, uh, that you'll maybe get to, to acceptance and, and maybe you could get some positive things that have come out of, of, of the, the terrible thing that's happening in your life. Yeah, you know, that, that that really resonates because, you know, I do know that firstly, pe- people who are experiencing difficulty right now, you know, you, you, oh. kind, of, you kind of talk through Cuba Ross's model of, you know, change and, and grief and loss there where you get to yeah. acceptance, but before that, there's an awful lot of resistance and an awful lot of anger. Um, yeah. So, so people who are there right now, it's, it's obviously going to be very difficult for them. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And that's what I mean. So I don't make, uh, I don't make it light statement because you're right. I mean, what's happening with COVID, it's absolutely horrific for, yeah. for everybody. So I said, I, I'm not a happy jappy kind of say, Oh, everything's going to be okay guys. Cause it's not, you know, and as I've said, I, I've had some really struggle times of the last 14 years but you know uh it's just this is where i am now uh in life if, you know if it can help people and speak to people who, who may be in difficult situations at the moment then, then, then i'm delighted to do that very brilliant brilliant so to, to to go from that particular point this leads to then if you were to describe your mindset because obviously what you've done with the acceptance is you've reframed your mindset and I yes. think you mentioned having a growth mindset. Is, is, is that how you'd describe your mindset then now, that you've got this yeah. growth mindset? Yeah, it is. I mean, certainly for the first three years, I said it was a fixed mindset. And now it's definitely a growth mindset. And that kind of, I kind of learned about this uh, when I was researching the book for positive thinking, because there's a chapter called, uh, what's it called? Uh, Developing a Growth Mindset. Um, and... Basically, it's based on the work by somebody called uh, Carol Dweck, that's D-W-E-C-K, who's a professor of psychology at Stanford University. And she's an expert in it, a global expert on it. And she published a book called Mindset, The New Psychology of Success, and it sold millions of books. And she explains that the difference between those who've got a fixed mindset versus those with a growth mindset. And according to Dweck, mindset determines the way we deal with tough situations and setbacks. And it also determines our willingness to improve ourselves and how we think about our personality, what we're passionate about and our goals. So what she would say, and I agree with this 100%, she says a predominantly fixed mindset means that you believe your attributes, intelligence and abilities are inherently fixed and unchangeable. In other words, you're as smart as you'll ever be. This leads to, to the desire to look smart in, so, in, sorry, in front of some people and the tendency to avoid challenges uh, to be 
defensive or, or to give up easily. A person with a fixed mindset will ignore usual negative feedback and feel threatened by the success of others. Basically, if you've got that sort of feeling, that sort of mindset, you will not fulfill your full potential. But if you have a growth mindset in the main, you see, you see your level of intelligence, skill, talent, and success as a starting point with the, with the capacity to grow. You believe that there are numerous stepping stones towards development and improvement. And this mindset is founded on the belief that your initial qualities can be cultivated and, and grown with dedication, time, and hard work. We believe you get better and smarter and you can be more flexible. This, in turn, uh, leads to a desire to learn, embrace challenges, uh, persist uh, in the face of setbacks, learn from criticism and find lessons or inspiration in the success of others. Um, this will lead, basically this will lead you to study, to learn and to put the work into expanding your mindset uh, in order to get more intelligence. Uh, so that, that's kind of it. And if you, you can just see people who've got growth, growth mindset and fixed mindset because they will say things like, Failure is a limit of my abilities. Yeah, I'm either yeah. good at it or I'm not. My potential, my, my potential is uh, uh, predetermined. Whereas somebody with a, a growth mindset would say, well, actually, failure is an opportunity to, to grow. Uh, challenges let me to grow. Uh, feedback is, is constructive. And so, yeah, so I definitely went from the fixed mindset saying, I'm knackered <laughs> with a stroke. Yeah. I won't yeah. be able to do anything again. And I just gave up uh, on trying to do things, and then I had that kind of that that kind of thing about acceptance, and it moved to growth mindset, where I am today. Brilliant, brilliant, and that's such a, a brilliant explanation of, of fixed and growth mindsets as well. Um, you know, on the basis of because because that is you know you've moved to a growth mindset. What, what practical tips would you actually give others to to develop their mindset? So here are the tips and suggestions to help you discover uh, a growth mindset. Here's some ideas, okay? Uh, first of all, you accept your imperfections, yeah? Work on, on evolving, uh, sorry, improving and developing those skills you don't find so easy. Just don't give up because something will, you're not the best at something. Focus on growth rather than speed. You'll take time to, to explore ideas and develop new skills that will will improve, uh, allowing for complications or setbacks on, on, on the way. You won't gain anything by rushing through tasks half-heartedly. I guess probably one of the most important things is, and I do believe in this passionately, uh, think of challenges or failures as part of the learning process. Everyone faces obstacles, challenges and defeats, but, but the way to respond to them uh, it, it makes a difference between success and, and, and uh, failure. You know, I have learned so much in business and in life from the failures. Yeah, it's great when you have a massive win in business, yeah. you feel very high, but the pain of losing a big pitch or not getting a publishing deal or whatever, you learn so much more from that. And you've really just got to embrace that and think, okay, there was a, you know, we didn't get it, but it will take us on to something else. We'll learn something else. And that's happened so many times. Um, value the process over the goal. You know, uh, you know you're doing things. You know, whatever you do, try and enjoy it uh, rather than just saying, right, I must get to the end. 
uh, and always set new goals. Uh, you know, as soon as you've achieved one goal, set another. Uh, so they're kind of the ways I would kind of say to, to really help with you to get a mindset, a growth mindset. Yeah, well, that's that's brilliant. It's brilliant. Thanks, thanks for sharing that. And you know, I, I kind of look at it and go, you know, my, my transition from being in the corporate world for you know twenty plus years to being in business is is that you really do have to at times deal with the type of rejection that you've not dealt with before, and it does take a growth mindset to know that you know what you are going to get rejection, but you're going to learn from it. You know, yeah. you are going to have failures, but you need to learn from them as well. And you know. Corporate life sometimes can be so much simpler and so much easier. You've got to work hard, obviously. Then, but you've got a lot of people around you all moving in the same direction. So, you know, that's that's great advice. So, moving on from that, who's actually helped you develop your mindset? And I know you talked about the neuropsychologist, um, but are there, are there any other people who've helped you or books that you may have read that give yeah. you inspiration? Yeah, absolutely, Paul. I mean, first of all, I think. Uh, I do go and see a therapist, a counselor now and again. So if I feel some of the triggers that are coming in to that might get my anxiety up or might get me more towards a fixed mindset, then I'm happy to go and, go and talk to a counselor to, to, to help with that. And that's been brilliant. But the other area I think is, is really important is, is to identify who your heroes are. When I talk about heroes, I'm talking about it could be an old boss that inspired you. Uh, it could be a TED talk that you watched and thought, wow, I've learned so much from this person. It might be family or friends. And I'll give you an example of what I mean by that. So when, when I was having this, when I had the stroke, I think maybe about three, four years afterwards, um, a book had come out in 2008 called uh, The Diving Bell and the B Butterfly. And it's a true story of uh, Ellie, the magazine uh, uh, in, in France. Uh, the editor there was a guy called Jean uh, Balby. Um, and uh, he was relatively young, had a young family, and then he had this huge, horrific stroke, uh, which led him to have what's called uh, lockdown syndrome which basically you can't communicate inside oh god he was yeah. fine but he was completely paralyzed completely paralyzed uh, and but uh the only thing he could communicate was by he could blink with one eye and he decided he worked with a therapist who gave him a method of blinking to identify a letter to communicate. So you might would you maybe blink four times and that would be a D, or there was, it was a way of it wasn't as simple as blinking, you know, uh, uh, 24 times for this yeah. thing, the way that they did it. Uh, and you, you'll see it in the film and the book. And he decided to write a book by doing that process. Wow. And so he wrote this beautiful book called The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. And I would encourage anybody to read it because it's just a most beautiful, optimistic book about, about what happened to him, you know? And uh, when I saw that, I thought, he is one of my heroes. If he can write a book, I certainly want to try and write a book. And that's what I mean about uh, finding your heroes. Uh, just find a part of somebody who really drives you. Yeah, like with, with, with when I set up Company Net, uh, I worked for an agency, a design, uh, design agency in, in Edinburgh. And the guy that ran that, John Shaw, uh, I, I, I just, 
I was so inspired by him as an entrepreneur. And, you know, I wanted to be like him. And he had a very positive mindset and all that stuff. And so that, that's why I would encourage people to do is to go and find uh, 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 your heroes. And I said, there could be people online you never spoke to, uh, right up to uh, somebody, maybe even your family or next door. Uh, so that, that, that's the main thing I would say. Brilliant, brilliant. That's, that's great advice, great advice. Now, I'm asking my guests if they could share a fun story, obviously from your adventures and exploits and you know, being a caddy, being a CEO and running businesses. Is there any particular story that might stand out there? It's, it's quite amusing. Here we go. This is, this is a story from many years ago, and it's when I was uh, working... Before I set up Company Net, I was working in, in marketing for one of the insurance companies in Edinburgh. And I went down to London with the, um, the what do you call it, the sales director. And we got down to the, the hotel and uh, he was keen to go out for some beers and all that sort of stuff. So I ran into my room uh, and I went to open the cupboard to put my clothes in. It was just a wall. I thought, oh, bloody hell, <laughs> here it is. So I pushed it, shut the door, I thought, and then went, went, went to, uh, went to the, the, the cupboard, put my clothes, and we went down and drank way too much beer and wine and food. And I came back up uh, and fell asleep in, in, the, in my bed. And by about, this all happens very quickly, Paul, okay? So <laughs> about three o'clock in the morning, I, I wake up and I suddenly realise that somebody's in bed with me. <laughs> and I started to think, yeah, this was the first night I'd been away. And initially I thought, it's my wife. And I thought, oh, no, no, my wife's back in Edinburgh. I'm in London. And so I flew out of bed and I put the light on. And there was this huge, fat Welsh man in bed. With me. <laughs> and yeah. I, was, I was looking at him and I was thinking, what the hell is happening? So I went up to him and I shaked him and I said, excuse me. I said, excuse me, this is not your bed. And, <laughs> And, and the guy, and he bolted up and he says, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> and he just got out. And what had happened is when I'd shut the door, when I'd come initially, which I thought was a cupboard, that was a connecting room. <laughs> so he staggered in, <laughs> in, gone through that door and got into bed. So there you go. So it's like, uh, it's like I don't think that film, uh, Trains, uh, Trains, planes, and automobiles. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you know the bit there where they're in bed. It's yeah. Like, hey, did you see the game last night? <laughs> <laughs> that's so you know, that, that's a brilliant story. That's that's made my day. Brilliant story. Yeah. So there you go. That's a kind of. Uh, I called my wife as well at three o'clock in the morning. I said, "You won't believe what's happened." <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. So, so just to just to round off then, Neil. Um, you know, it's, it's been absolutely amazing having you on the podcast and that, that, that's just a great story. Um, what would be your final advice to, to, to my, my listeners on the podcast? It would be, I, I know it's kind of going on about this, but it's about acceptance. You know, in, in business, uh, if, if wherever you are in life, uh, you've got to get to the point of acceptance. Whether, whether it's, you know, that, yeah, it's just that, you know, and it, it is very difficult. You know, and it's like, I mean, we, I play that today all the time. You know, we, we, we pitched for something recently for a massive project and we came second, you know, and there's hundreds of thousands. But, uh, you know, because I work with my son, you know, it's about saying we just have to accept it, we'll learn and we'll move on from it. 
And that would be my main message. And I know it's very, very difficult. It's incredibly difficult with COVID at the moment. But just, just try, just understand that at some point you will get the opportunity to start thinking about acceptance of maybe, you know, where I'm going to go now going forward in life. It took me three years, you know. <laughs> so yeah. that's what I'm saying, that everybody, you don't do it today, but you just got to understand that wherever you are in life, that at some point, hopefully the opportunity will come for you to start thinking and talking to family or friends about where you are in life and the fact that maybe you just need to accept where you are at the moment. And then trust me, uh, your your life will will slightly change, uh, mainly for the well for the better, really will, uh, but it's a long process. Okay, that that's absolute brilliant advice, Neil, and it's been an, an absolute pleasure um, having you on on today. So thank you very much. Well, I enjoyed that. I have to say, it's good, it's good chatting to you, Paul. So looking back on the conversation with Neil. You know, when we look at his recovery from a stroke and what's been possible since then, it really does illustrate the importance of a growth mindset and obviously the acceptance of your situation to be able to change your outlook and the difference that that can make. You know, I think that when we don't see hope, we tend to get more of the same. And with Neil's story, it really is about what is possible in the face of adversity and the resilience to come back from against the odds. I also look at it and think of Neil's aspiration to take on the challenge of writing a book and to become what is now a very successful author, along with the drive and determination to overcome his illness. So they are all important aspects of the mindset equation that I've been talking through in previous episodes. And I think when you look at outlook, aspiration, the drive, determination, the resilience, when we combine these mindsets it's what really makes us successful. 